You're listening to the West Side Podcast, a part of the L.A. International Church of Christ family of churches, worshiping God in L.A. since 1989. Amen. Morning, church. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, it is a special day. Not if you're a UCLA football fan. But we believe in the resurrection, amen? And so we're set up for a miracle. That's what I like. I want to talk today about the Good Samaritan because we figured that would fit in well with our Hope International Day of Giving. And uh, we'll be looking at that in Luke chapter 10. But before we do, I think, um, I really think we should open with a prayer. Did have another school shooting this week in Santa Clarita, which is really just very close to us. And uh, we've got a lot of teens and we've got a lot of students and um, we just need to be praying. Amen. Let's bow our heads and pray. Father, we uh, come before you this morning just humbly. God, we all have um, sin in our hearts. And a lot of us have hardness in there. And we don't understand, uh, you know, fully why these shootings happen. They affect us. We care about them deeply. We want our schools to be safe. We want our city to be safe. But we know we're in the world and there's never complete safety. I pray that we as Christians, though, can grow in our capacity to care. And that we'd always be um, not looking just to be safe, but to connect, to help out. To pick people up when they're down. Who knows? Maybe even to prevent one of these things in the future. I think about that family. I think about those that um, had children that uh, have died. Just pray that you would comfort them. And I do pray you'd protect our kids. And God, in um, a really dark world, help us continue to be a light uh, that shows the way. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, the title of um, my thoughts today are Magic Kingdom. Am I um, echoing? Yes. Thank you. Nicely, though. Yes. Do you guys think Michael looks good today? I think he looks great. Maybe we'll call him Vanna. That's really good, Vanna. Thank thank you, Vanna Mike. Jesus, yeah, the first thing Jesus says is, uh, the time has come, Mark 1, the kingdom of God is near, repent and believe the good news. The kingdom of God is near. It says the kingdom, one of the most important themes and most important things that Jesus is trying to do is this idea. That, the, that there's a new way to live life, that there's a new community, that, that heaven, there's a part of heaven that's coming down to earth. That you and I are going to be able to experience something that's otherworldly. So he's going to do miracles. That's not really the point of his ministry. He's going to teach some remarkable stuff. That's not necessarily the point of his ministry. That people would experience some heaven on earth, I think that's what he's really trying to get at. But we've got to be ready for it. 
and he says this often, lots of talk like this. Uh, light has come into the darkness, but darkness didn't understand it. Darkness resisted the light. This incredible thing is right before them, but they can't see it and they miss it. And I think that happens so often to us today. We miss so much. God puts so much, the Spirit puts so much right in front of us every day that I just think we miss over and over again. Paul says this, or a little bit about this, I think, in Ephesians chapter 1. God, I pray You would open the eyes of their hearts. Right? What are we supposed to do as people? What is great about the kingdom? What's good news about us? Uh, Probably a lot of different things, but I think first and foremost, they're supposed to be people that care. Man, you know, today, the left, they hate the right. And you know what I noticed about the right? Mmm, they hate the left. And there's all this outrage about the left and the right. But you know what? Ecclesiastes says, there's really nothing new. And at the end of the day, if you don't care, you don't matter. And it's caring that matters. And here we are doing church. But again, at the end of the day, if we don't care, it doesn't matter. Caring changes people's lives. And again, we're going to talk about the Good Samaritan. That, that, that's an easy passage in some ways for a preacher. Hard to mess that one up. Just read it and get off the stage. That was a great passage, bro. I know, I know. I didn't want to mess that one up. Alright, so let's go back a step though because Jesus does come and He is trying to He is trying to call us out of the world. We're in the world. He's trying to call us out of the world. You guys remember studying the Bible? You guys remember discipleship study? Yeah, we're doing discipleship study. That's like one of our signature studies. And... The guys asked me something like, do you want to follow Jesus? I'm like, yeah, let's follow Jesus. And they go, well, um, you know, you got to do this. you got to pray. Oh, pray, good. you got to read your Bible. Good, read your Bible. Um, we got to come to church. Great. Um, you got to be sexually pure. I'm like, what? <laughs> well, I know we talk about that, but nobody does that. No, really, we, we're committed... To follow Jesus, that means you've got to be sexually pure. I was like, wait a minute. I've got to, I got to ask you a question, okay? Like, Nobody's perfect, but, but we've got to follow Jesus. We've got to deny ourselves. And I like sort of step back from the table. I was like, I, you know, I'd love to do this. I just don't even know if what you're saying is real. I don't know. We're going to have to hang out a little bit. And, and a couple of guys were great. They're like, don't freak out, you know. Um, and that's always the, sort of the go-to thing. It's great. If, if we're doing it, if we're doing it, you can do it. I was like, mm, yeah, it makes sense. It makes sense. It makes sense. Okay, okay. Well, I'm going to try, but um, I'm going to need a lot of coaching. So he calls us out. How does he call us out? Well, well there's a lot of authority in the world. There's political authority. There's, there's, there's schools. There's teachers. There's emotions. We make a lot of decisions based on a lot of different things. But the Christian sees God's Word as their ultimate authority in life. Amen? That's our authority. 
When you don't know what to do, you go to the Word. When you're not sure what's going on in your life, you go to the Word. When you're trying to make a hard decision, you go to the Word. Well, sometimes it doesn't always make sense and it's rarely easy, but the Word's our authority. We also do more than believe in Jesus. There is a popular idea that just praying Jesus into your heart or just believing in Jesus saves you. I think that's a misnomer. I don't believe that to be true. I think you have to make Jesus Lord of your life. I think you have to be totally committed. I think you have to surrender everything. I think you've got to get into the passenger seat of your car, life car and Jesus has to be able to drive. That means Jesus is Lord of time. Jesus is Lord of decisions. Jesus is Lord of your cell phone. Jesus is Lord of your computer. Jesus is Lord of your wallet. Ouch. But Jesus is Lord. That's how we get called out. That's how we get converted. And this requires a lot of denial of self. This requires a lot of sort of life coaching, something we call discipleship, right? You need a lot of help. I couldn't get through a conversation without cursing. It just was sort of uh, just how I talked. All my descriptions, all my adjectives were curse words. You know, I was 19 and I didn't know anything. And a lot of it's unconscious. And every time I'm talking, there's this brother and he's like, bro, come here. You gotta stop saying, oh, did I say that? I didn't say that. It's like, I can hear you all the way across the room. You can't say that. All right. Seems a little prudish, but okay. No, really, bro, you gotta, you know, you learn how to, all these things that you've done your whole life, you learn how to change. It's actually thrilling. It's really fun. But you're trying to change. You're trying to, you're getting called out. You're cleaning yourself up. All that old programming and wiring from the world has to get changed. It's, it's, it's exciting. And then you get baptized. And baptism is great. And there is another belief that that's just an outward sign of an inward belief or that's just a formality. But we think the Bible teaches that that's a really significant point in a person's life. It's like a wedding to a marriage. You had two single people and something really significantly happened. They're married. What happened? They had a wedding. Right? They're, they change. They're, they're different. Uh, literally, our sins are washed away. Our names are written in the book of life. That's, that's when God's Spirit fills us up. Amen, church? Right? That was exciting. When I was 19, that changed my life. I was in the world, and that really turned me around. To this day, that put me on a different path. I'm still on that path today, 30 years later. That's remarkable. Called out. And He's still calling us out today. He's calling out teens. He's calling out campus students. He's calling out singles. Come follow me. Come follow me. Come follow me. And um, I want you to know this. He's still calling out adults. Amen? Adults, come follow me. Adults, make Jesus Lord. Amen? Adults, care about the world. Adults, uh, 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 do something that matters. Make a difference. We always want our teens to make a difference. Hey, adults, go on a hope trip. We're always saving up a thousand bucks to send the kids on a hope trip. I think we should send some of the adults on a hope trip. (laughs) Amen, right? Michael, that was great. Yeah, I want to get a sponsor, though. Changes you. So let's read the Good Samaritan, Luke chapter 10. Remember, what's he trying to do? Kingdom of heaven Kingdom of heaven on earth. He's trying to create a different world, a different community. Verse 25, Luke chapter 10. On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. 
Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law? He replied, how do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind. And love your neighbor as yourself. Well, you've answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you'll live. But he wanted to justify himself. So he asked Jesus, well, who is my neighbor? In reply, Jesus said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho. And he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So, too, a Levite, when he came to the place, saw him and passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He cared. He went to him and he bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. And then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn and took care of him. The next day, he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. And Jesus said, go and do likewise. Wow, that is convicting. Thank you for coming. I mean, that is it. (laughs) You guys, it says he gave him two... First of all, he picks the guy up and he cleans him up. How many times do you see a homeless person in, in, in the parking lot and you don't know what to do? And we walk by on the other side. And it's hard. I'm saying the church isn't going to solve homelessness. Uh, I just was looking this up this week. There's 60,000 homeless people just in Los Angeles today. 60,000. And that doesn't count the people that are in sober living and halfway homes and sort of destitute. I mean, that's just a giant number. I don't know how you, I don't know how you, how many people are out there begging? I, I don't know. But it's so hard, it does something to us. Oh, I don't know that I can change their life. I don't know what to do. So I'll just sort of avoid them or ignore them. So the guy touches them. That's the first thing. He stops and he touches them. He tries, to, he, tries to, he tries to clean them up a little bit. That takes a few minutes. And he tries to pick them up. That takes some energy, some time. And you know, if you've taken a shower and you pick up a homeless person, you're going to smell that. And then he gets him on the donkey and he takes him into town. Two denarii? You guys, the little uh, subscript at the bottom says that's a couple days worth of, 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 of uh, funds. So, I don't know, $500? So he cleans him up, gets him to an inn, gets him to the Motel 6, and here's $500. Take care of this guy. And I'll come on back and if there's extra money for food, I'll reimburse you for that too. That's stunning. I mean, here we are 2,000 years later, still talking about this guy because that's still so stunning. And just that alone, right, is, is a lot. It, it, the whole point, you've you got to care about people. You've got to care about what's right in front of you. There's nobody that's invisible. The Christian, the fact that there's Christians means there's nobody that's invisible. 
And we treat a lot of people like they're invisible. We treat nerdy people at school like they're invisible. Or we treat people we don't like at work like they're invisible. Husbands, sometimes we treat our wives like they're invisible when we're upset with them. Or if we have a kid that's misbehaving, we act as if they're invisible. And sometimes we have neighbors we don't like and they're dead to us. We say that. So, oh, you know, Joe, he's dead to me now. Wow, I know. I hear that language. We use that language. That's bad, right? Because we always got to care. Nobody's invisible to the Christian. Nobody should be invisible to the Christian. And maybe we don't have any money. Maybe we don't have time. But still, nobody should be invisible. Nobody should be invisible. It's a, it's, a, it's a hard issue. It's a matter of caring. And that's where we're at. We're at a little bit of a crisis of not caring. We care way more about what's going on our phones than what's right in front of us. We miss a lot that's right in front of us because we're so obsessed with what's going on on our phones. There's whales right in front of us, you guys. We're looking at our phones. And we care about what's on the phone. If you get a notification, or you get a text, or you get a beep, or you get a buzz, we always just sort of grab that thing. Yeah, just be careful. It's changing our whole culture. Guys, realize that? It's changing our whole culture. It's negative. It's making us care less about people. That's not phone's phone, whatever. It's like money. It's the love of money. It's the love of the phone that's the problem. But we are Christians. we got to care about people. That's what matters. Amen? Now, it's sort of funny, or I don't know, preaching this message, I feel a little humbled. I kind of feel like a JV guy in this area. I actually sort of feel like a guy that's usually on the bench that goes in when the starters hurt, Patricia. (laughs) We've got some people in our fellowship that I think are just outstanding in this area, that make our church what it is that makes our reputation in the community outstanding. That, that, that calls all of us back into... Because Jesus just doesn't call us out. He sends us back in. We're called out not to live in a monastery. We're called out so that we can go back in. Because we don't go back in, nobody's going back in. And it changes us when we go back in. It's exhausting. It makes you smell different. It makes you taste food different. It makes you think different. Most importantly, it makes you feel different. That's what it's all about. The Christian's not good. It's unhealthy when the Christian becomes too insular. Too many of us, just our relationships, our only relationships are the other Christians. That's not, that's not, that's not the Christian plan. Too many of us, our Christianity is just going to church. That's not the Christian plan. Too many of, our, too many of us, is our, our Christianity is having a, a quiet time in our closet. That's not, our, that's not what He calls us out to do. He calls us out to go back in. But to go back in, you have to care. And we've got to shake off a little bit of that being too insular. To go back in means you've got to love. To go back in means you've got to care uh, even when it's not comfortable. And again, it changes you. Uh, To go back in, that's got to be our signature thing. That's got to be our signature thing. We're the ones that care. We're the ones that go back in. Uh, You know, let me just say a thing again to our leadership group. We as leaders, I don't know. I I remember one of the reasons, one of our things about becoming a leader in the early days was, well, sister is sharp. She should go into the ministry. 
Yeah, see, I got an amen there. I know, see? Well, brother Sharp, so he should go into the ministry. We're not having a crisis of intelligence today. We're not missing smart people. We're not, hurt, we're not hurting because we're not reading enough books. We have to care more. We've got to get out and care more. We've got to talk more. We've got to connect more. We've got to touch more. We've got to love more. We've got to get more involved in them. And that changes you. That's exhausting. That takes a lot of time. But again, that's Jesus. That's His signature thing. Where is He? He's always in the marketplace with the tax collectors and the sinners. He's always out there with the people. That's fantastic. That's... You know, and when I read this and I'm thinking about it and then I think about my schedule, what do I need to do? I think about my schedule and I think, when am I going to have time to add another thing? So, you know, some of us, we are, there's a lot of stress in life right now. Try not to be thinking about adding another thing. It's just how you do life. I had a great talk with my maintenance guy this week. I love my maintenance guy. I was thinking about this whole thing about not being invisible. And in our building, people always ignore the maintenance guy. They just walk by the maintenance guy. And I started talking to him a few months ago, and we just started off a great conversation. And then we always get a little fist bump and a little, how's it going, and tell me how things are. We started to actually study the Bible a little bit. And he's a guy, so you know what he has? He's got trouble with women. And he's got a couple women, he's got trouble with all of them. And that's what I told him his problem was. <laughs> so I'll give you some advice. It's pretty simple. You got to choose one. And then you got to be Christian. He's like, wow, brother, I don't know. I don't even know. And he still likes his ex-wife and he gets with her. I'm like, I think that's confusing. No one's going to get that. That's got an expiration date on it. Anyway, we just built a good conversation, so I just love seeing him, and we just talk. And then the other day, I saw him at the door, he's like, how's it going? I'm like, hey, I'm going through a lot right now. Feeling a lot, just stress in life, I'm just going through a lot. He's great. He grabs me both shoulders, grabs me both shoulders. He goes, Todd, listen to me, listen to me, look at me, listen to me. I go, okay, I'm right here. He goes, you're right here, you're right here. And God wants to take you up here. <laughs> He's an all his maintenance guy. I'm like, Mark, that's great. Give me a hug, man. Look at that. that was great. That was great. <laughs> it's great. Nobody's invisible. For time's sake, um, I'm going to skip over this. This is Jesus' thing on the sheep and the goats. At the end of the day, the king says, All right, when did we feed you? When did we clothe you? When you did one for these, you did one for me. And that's how we know who's a sheep, and that's how we know who's a goat. And so today, we're still looking for Samaritans. I love Bob Goff's book, Love Does. Um, he's a smart guy that talks at a real simple level. That's what love does. It pursues blindly unflinchingly and without ends. When you go after something you love, you'll do anything it takes to get. 
to get it, even if it costs everything. So we're going to start. The, we hope you give to hope today and we hope you do boxes and we got a toy drive. And we'll probably add five more things before the end of the year, and I hope you do them all. We were in the Philippines. It changed my life. I want you to see a quick thing. This is what it looks like when you make the boxes, though, and they get their boxes. They, Yeah, see this? Just, yeah. They get these things. They go through them. They read the notes. Uh, they pull out all the stuff, they try on the shoes, they start doing the pins and working on all the stuff. And all the kids are watching all the other kids open up the boxes. It really is a super special moment. Uh, there's little ones. We've got tiny ones in there, two, three-year-olds, um, all the way up to middle schoolers. And um, so you got all kinds of ages right here. We ended up adopting this girl that Tanya's with and... We ended up going swimming with this group. They wanted to go swimming. So um, I said, that's great. One of the things you did on this trip, though, (laughs) one of the things we did was they wanted us to go for in-home visits. And when you go, right, ugly American, sorry, right? The ugly American and all of us sort of wants to give the box and step back and applaud and then go. No, no, you're going to go in the home and spend a couple hours with the family. It's like, really? And do what? <laughs> Just talk to them. Uh, right, 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 right. Just talk to them. Right, good. <laughs> so, you're dropping us off at 12. Like, when are you coming back? <laughs> and you feel kind of nervous going into these homes. They're just little huts. And you just don't know what you're going to see in these little huts. And this ended up being remarkable. These kids are singing the Frozen song, and they're all holding chickens. And, here, hold the chicken. I'm like, hey, chicken, cool. Um, I like your chicken. Uh, it's just stories about the family. It's super fun. And, right, this is what makes the kingdom magical. The kingdom's magical when it cares. The kingdom's magical when it goes in a home. The kingdom's magical when it touches. The kingdom's magical when no one's invisible. The kingdom's magical when it cares. And then you find magical things happen. I found the little girl and she had a Dodger hat on. How about that? That was magical. Magical kingdom, right? And you can't hear her. She's saying, she's saying, let's go Dodgers. From the middle of the jungles in the Philippines, I found a Dodger fan. That was magical. That was magical. There's a lot of magic left in the kingdom. Not because we don't know what to do. There's a lot of magic left in the kingdom because there's a lot of caring. And I want to really lift up our church for being people that generally are really conscientious about caring. And I want to challenge us to care more. That's how we change our homes, and I think that's how we change our schools, and I think that's how we change our world. God bless you. God bless the church. You've just listened to the West Side Podcast. For more information about our ministry, please visit thewestsidechurch.com or laicc.net.